0: All right. Hello. Good morning and good night. Good afternoon. All those good things. Uh, We're going to talk about a lot of different things. Today's uh, show topic is about tricks are for you. Uh, Some of the tricks that a lot of people are falling for out here in the world. You know, before we get started, let's go ahead and get into uh, checking our audio, making sure everything is good to go, because we want to have a very successful stream. We're going to get down to the nitty gritty of a lot of stuff that's happening in the world. Kind of safeguard you guys from falling into the traps of what some of these um, platforms kind of don't prepare you for. Uh, Hold on one second here. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Looking good. Okay, so we do have an outline. We're going to stay on topic today. We're going to try to make this show at least about a good hour. Maybe an hour 15, but my goal is to make it at an hour. Um, we're going to go over some things and we're going to make this very clear. One of the things I want to talk about first is the uh, LGBTQ community. I know a lot of people stay away from that topic. I was going to stay away from that topic uh, for the most part, but then I started looking into some things and finding out that, you know, people are out here purposely um, tricking people purposely tricking people. And this is why I stopped giving compliments to anyone Let me be very clear. I stopped giving compliments to women in general, but I stopped giving compliments point blank period. There was this point in my life where early twenties, uh, late teens, early twenties, um, maybe late twenties as well, but definitely early twenties, mid twenties. I find myself, you know, just giving a lot of women compliments. Now, what I'm about to tell you is a, uh, a very important topic, very important topic. We're going to talk about men versus LGBTQ plus community. Right? A man standing on his own square and believing in what he believes in. A man just being a man. In today's time, men are being shamed for being men. Why is that? Why is that? Oh, there are some men who don't believe in um, same-sex marriages and all that good stuff. That's fine, no problem. There's no need to shame anybody. The LGBTQ community went through a very hard time to get their rights going. Okay, cool, no problem. But. The video that I'm about to show you guys, which I should have loaded up first, but the video that I'm about to show you guys is a person shaming a man for not knowing who they are, not knowing what they had transitioned into, okay? But before I get started with that, let me tell you why I had stopped giving compliments to, to women. I stopped giving compliments to women because there was a point in my life where I didn't know if the person I was about to give a compliment to was a woman. There, I said it. I didn't know. wasn't for sure. I'm looking, but I'm like, what's going on? Something don't look right. So I didn't act on it. Didn't say a thing. I just kept it to myself. kept my comments to myself. This started back in the year 2009. And the reason I kept the compliment to myself is because when I went to to do therapy, that remainder of that year, I find myself sitting down with a woman. She was a, a heterosexual woman, but I find myself listening to her story and someone had taken advantage of her. I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again today. Someone took advantage of her after they gave her a compliment. And as I'm sitting in the course or sitting in the class, if you will, listening to her, because you got to be a listener more than a doer. As I'm listening to what she's saying, she had got sexually assaulted. And our session was her perfect time to express what she needed to express. So she's expressing to me what happened to her years ago. And she got sexually assaulted. She's a happily married woman now, has a great family. She's doing well now. But at the time, I realized that there are just some women who don't want to be complimented because they've been through something that we don't know that they've been through. So in that, I had developed this book, Say Hello to Me. When I developed Say Hello to Me, it had everything to deal with how men can take a back seat and let women approach them. As of recently, I just finished the audiobook to this. There's going to be a male and female version of Say Hello to Me. It's about a 45 minute read. If you put it on 2x speed, it'll probably be a 15 minute read, but it's a 45 minute read. It's going to be in a male voice and a female voice. And in that book, I realized that it would be best for women to more so compliment men or to approach a man versus a man approaching a woman. Now, I do lay out both theories and both theories are successful, but this is the reason why I don't give compliments. On your screen, you're going to see a panel of people. You have myself, Dr. Umar Johnson in the middle is Hope Giselle to the right of that is Jordan Peterson and to the right of Jordan Peterson is Andrew Tate. We're going to talk about these individuals who are very influential in the world, extremely influential. And their goal is to become successful, if you will. Right? That's what their goal is. Their goal is to become successful. But in becoming successful, what you'll find is they're tricking you about certain things. When I was thinking about doing this stream, I always want to point it out to to business. Everybody that I just showed you, they're trying to make some money, no doubt are they trying to trick you to make money? Not really, not really. These people that I have up on, I had up on the screen, I'll show them again. They're just trying to express themselves. And in, and, and in expressing themselves, they find themselves in a bunch of trouble, right? They find themselves in a bunch of trouble, but we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. What I'm about to show you, I'm going to have to put up a disclaimer. And I'm going to also put up my fair use because I really want to educate you guys on how to not get tricked. When you're on somebody else's platform, they're giving you an opportunity to make money. Yes, I started a business, the Darshan Media Group. Yes, I started WildPodcast.me, but I'm broadcasting through YouTube. I'm broadcasting through Facebook. I'm broadcasting through somebody else's platform. These are not my platforms. It's my product but it's not my platform. It's my merchandise, my things, but it's not my platform. So you have to use your ability to be on somebody else's platform responsible, responsibly. So in that, let's go ahead and give the disclaimer. Then we're going to do the fair use and then we're going to get into Hope Giselle tricking Dr. Umar Johnson, which is a heterosexual man. So Hope Giselle was a man That turned into a woman, hence the expression transgender. And she's shaming Dr. Umar Johnson for giving him, her, they, a compliment that he didn't know that she was formally, or he was formally a male. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guest speakers and guest panelists and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the host, sponsors, and corporations involved.
1: A word of warning, this podcast explores graphic and disturbing stories and includes some strong language. It therefore may not be suitable for our young listeners or other folks who may find it disturbing.
0: Before we get into our share use content, let's go ahead and give a fair... Before we get into our share use content, let's go ahead and give a fair use disclaimer courtesy of YouTube. Copyright disclaimer under section 107 of the Copyright Act 1976, allowance is made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, education, and research. Fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. Now, let's get on with the show courtesy of the fair use act. Okay. Now that we got that out the way, let's go ahead and do this. Right. So I told you guys who I am, right? Well, let's do it like this. For for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Darshawn McAway. I'm the best-selling author of girlfriend versus wife Duties, Say hello to me. And the Anaya's adventure series. Uh, today, um, my whole focus and my goal is to tell people how to basically not trick themselves out of making the money that they're supposed to make for their lives, because you never know how long your longevity will be living on this earth. And just because you want to simply express yourself, you, know, you will trick yourself out of your money. So with that being said, we're going to do this. We're going to bring this up right quick I'm going to remove that. We're going to do one, two, three, about four videos, maybe, maybe three. And we're going to do some shared content. Hopefully it comes up, up on the screen here. Here we go. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Let's do it like this. Let's make it a little bit larger. Now, what you're looking at here is Hope Giselle. I'm going back here. Let's do this. Hope Giselle is the person on, the, on your screen in the middle with the orange or maybe yellow uh, jacket. Hope Giselle was formerly a man. Now, Recently, about three weeks ago, Dr. Umar Johnson, which is the gentleman right here next to me with the uh, with the white t-shirt on Dr. Umar Johnson, who is a uh, clinical psychologist, <clears throat> might I add, was on a show basically trying to find out the root issues between black people. And in that, Dr. Umar Johnson, was given a few compliments to hope Giselle who again is a part of the LGBTQ community and is a trans activist. Now I have some information about hope Giselle, uh, from the website it says hope Giselle activist, author, and artist. hope Giselle national organizer, diversity and inclusion specialist and trans activists. So that's the information on hope Giselle. Let's give a little background about, uh, Dr. Umar Johnson, Dr. Umar Johnson is in the process of, Oh, let's do this. Dr. Umar Johnson, where's my screen at here? One second, guys. It was all going good until I started acting all bougie. All right, let's do this Got you over there. All right. Okay. I had to open up a new tab. So we're there. Dr. Umar Johnson. Um, he was in Hidden Colors, I believe, one and two. Like I mentioned before, he's a clinical psychologist. Uh, he's an American motivational speaker. He's an author. He's a child psychologist who focuses on Pan Africanism. He comes off as a very controversial figure. But that's his credentials. Uh, he's a conservative as well. So he's for the black community, which uh, made perfect sense for him to be on a panel with Hope Giselle, who was talking about black issues. Now, I have a video here. And again, if you're at work or if you're around children, I'm going to tell you right now, this audio is extremely inappropriate for children. It's extremely inappropriate for the workplace. I'm going to play it and hopefully you guys can hear it. Here we go. Well, let's, let's refresh it, I guess. What happened? Some technical difficulties, guys. Anyway, while that's loading. Again, we're talking about Hope Giselle. Shaming Dr. Umar Johnson for giving compliments of Dr. Umar Johnson not knowing that Hope Giselle was a former man. And the shaming tactic in this particular video that's going to be displayed is absolutely um, despicable, disrespectful, and just simply just doesn't make any sense. So give me a second here Are we bringing this up? Is it moving now?
1: But what really burdens your grits and what really makes you upset Dr. Umar. Is that you sat there on that motherfucking.
0: Oh gosh. What is going on? All right. Let's try this one.
1: But what really burdens your grits and what really makes you upset, Dr. Umar, is that you sat there on that motherfucking live, that panel for an hour and a half with, with commercial breaks and all of that shit, and your little dick was jumping. And every time I opened my intelligent mouth, bitch, your little dick got a little harder. And you were just so motherfucking enthralled with this black queen that was spitting this motherfucking knowledge. And even if you didn't agree with everything that I was saying, bitch, you was down for it. Because when it comes down to the women that you claim that you like, bitch, on that panel, I was her. It's giving skin. It was giving fresh face. It was giving no cleavage. It was giving, I'm not giving it to everybody. It was giving African kente cloth. It was giving all of the things. And bitch, I set it up that way for a reason. But what really burns your grits and what really makes you upset, Dr. Umar, All right, is that you sat there on that motherfucking.
0: Okay. Now, you see that? You see what I'm saying? Now, I was going to stay away from this topic. I really was. I was going to stay away from it. Didn't want to have anything to do with it. However, I start realizing um, I'm stepping into a whole different world of product. And there are people such as uh, Hope Giselle that are transgenders, uh, right? And in that, what you guys have to understand when you're a business person and you're selling product, I have no issues with whatever your sexual preference is, whatever type of personality you want to have, whatever type of gender you want to be. Because when I go out to restaurants, uh, people who are waiters and waitresses and bartenders, they you don't know what their sexual preference is just by first looking at them. Sometimes you can't even tell if it's a a woman or a man. But when it comes down to the product aspect of it, I start to realize that you can't be what you would consider uh, transphobic or homophobic when it comes to being out here in the world. There's nothing to be afraid of or to be in fear of because these same people, they buy water, they buy toilet tissue. So when you're selling a product, Would you say to yourself that you don't want a gay person buying your product? You have no control over that once you put it out there to the masses. But my issue would be this. Listening to this audio of Hope Giselle shaming Dr. Umar Johnson for being, I guess, polite, if you will, or giving a compliment of him not knowing that Hope Giselle Used to be a man. That's a shaming tactic. It's despicable. It's disrespectful. And and honestly, it's not even cause for. I've noticed throughout my lifetime. That the LGBTQ community plus the rest of the alphabet. They want to be accepted. Once they're accepted. And other straight men start accepting them for conversation and whatever they have going on business-wise, it then becomes a shaming tactic of, well, you're doing business with a gay person. Well, you're doing business with a trans person. I go, "But well, wait a minute. You guys fought for these rights, so why is it that you're trying to shame me for continuing to move forward and not think less of you? And this is what I'm noticing about the world. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because People have their sexual preference. They're all around us. There's nothing I can do about it. I don't have any issues with it. Quite frankly, I really don't care. But what I do care about is I'm noticing that the world is reducing the stance on being a man. And if a man is going to believe in what he believes in, that's just what it is. When I think about the word man, I add age to it and it comes up to manage. Right. So being a man to me is managing everything that's around us. Whether you are a married man or a single man, you still have to manage things around you. You have to manage your emotions. You have to manage emotions of others. You have to manage people that you do business with. You have to manage your time. You have to manage your relationships. You have to manage being a man, certain things that are around you. But when people try to reduce your management to say, no, you should overlook this. You should override this. You go, no, I'm being a man. These are what my standards are. This is what I believe in. Let me be there. Don't try to make me think otherwise. I'm doing what I'm doing for a reason. But again, when a person like Hope Giselle says what they say, it makes me not only believe that that person's intent is to destroy you. Because why else would you say something like that? Let's listen to it again.
1: live that panel for an hour and a half with it, with commercial breaks and all, all of that shit and your little dick was jumping and every time I opened my intelligent mouth bitch your little dick got a little harder and you were just so motherfucking enthralled with this black queen that was spitting this motherfucking knowledge and even if you didn't agree with everything that I was saying bitch you was down for it because When it comes down to the women that you claim that you like, bitch, on that panel, I was her. It's giving skin. It was giving fresh face. It was giving no cleavage. It was giving, I'm not giving it to everybody. It was giving African kente cloth. It was giving all of the things. And bitch, I set it up that way for a reason. But what really burdens your grits. All
0: right. It's unfair. And what, and what do I mean by it's unfair? Here's what I mean. It's unfair for the world to tell me as a man that I don't have the right to believe in what I believe in. I don't have a right to stand on what I need to stand on. And that simply I have to accept everything that people want to be within themselves. Now, granted, I do but to try to shame me into thinking that I'm wrong for thinking what I'm thinking. I'm not because you're choosing to be who you want to be. You're choosing to say the things that you're saying. Dr. Umar Johnson got up on a panel trying to speak with a group of people on the notion of solving black people's issues had nothing to do with their sexual preference had nothing to do with the LGBTQ community. However, he did not know that Hope Giselle used to be a man. Now, I don't know if Hope Giselle went through a a total transformation. None of my business. However, when Hope Giselle decided to shame Dr. Umar Johnson for him, not knowing that he used to be a man, that's where you're wrong. That's where you're wrong. There was not even a debate on that panel for Hope Giselle to really even attack Dr. Umar Johnson because he was there to solve problems. He was there to talk about the issues. He gave a few compliments of Hope Giselle's intelligence, but then Hope Giselle took it to a sexual preference. She took it to a sexual level. To start talking about his private parts. How does that solve black people's issues? And this is why a lot of people do have issues with the LGBTQ community on the notion of, well, what are you shaming me for being a straight man for? Why are you saying that people are homophobic and transphobic, that they're in fear of what exactly? Because if you're going to transform into a woman, okay, well, now you're just being viewed as every woman out there. Now, in that my whole point of doing this particular segment was based off of why I don't give compliments to women, why I don't give compliments to people. I keep my thoughts and my opinions to myself. But this stream is to point out what happens when you take it too far and how you lose business how your mouth can make you lose money. Your mouth can make you lose your livelihood. You can ruin your life by yourself just by simply you mentioning something that's totally inappropriate. I stopped giving compliments to people because there was many times in my life just being out and about. You see someone and you want to say, oh, you look nice or this and this and that but you're not knowing what that person is or even how they feel. But when you look at what Hope Giselle is doing, it would make one say, well, well, it's no need to give anybody any compliments anyway, to be honest with you. But if you're going to give somebody a compliment and they're going to turn it around on you to make it seem like you were sexually attracted to them, then guess what? I'm not complimenting anybody. Because I was just being nice. I was just being polite. If that's what being polite is. I've said this to men before and I'll say it again today. Fellas, If it's, it's, it's totally up to you if you do not want to give people compliments. I stopped giving compliments in the year 2009 up until now to this very day. I only compliment people that I absolutely know. I don't compliment random strangers at all. It's unfair. Now, moving on. This next interview, we're going to talk about Jordan Peterson. And in talking about Jordan Peterson, I wanted to find out why Jordan Peterson was crying. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. I got a chance to watch the interview in its entirety so I can have an understanding. For those of you who are into this, we're talking about tricks are for you. This is how you trick yourself out of your life. This is how people are trying to trick you. I'm going to screen here. We're going to talk about all these people on the panel. We're going to talk about Dr. Umar Johnson, Hope Giselle, that's in the middle, Dr. George Peterson, and Andrew Tate. Now one second here. Um, so, in that, if you're in, if you're in the comments, let me know. I may do an open panel. I'm not too for sure. If you want to join the panel, let me know. But you're going to have to, you're going to have to pay to play with Darshan. That's it. You're going to have to pay to play with Darshawn. Now, we're going to bring up um, this interview here. It was Pierce Morgan talking to Jordan Peterson, basically trying to find out why does a certain portion of the world, in particular women, why does a certain portion of the world dislike you? Why are you viewed as an evil man? Why is Dr. Jordan Peterson a clinical psychologist and professor? I think he's still an acting professor or maybe former. Why is he looked at as an evil man? They even mention calling him a -A NAZI. I I think that's a stretch. It's pretty far, but Olivia Wilde either is making a movie about him or has made a movie about him. And it called him a very evil man in this particular stream that you see in front of you right now. I got right to the point. Now, mind you, This isn't me speculating. I got an opportunity to listen to the whole interview uninterrupted. Listen to it on my lunch break. And I was trying to find out why did Jordan Peterson get emotional when Pierce Morgan asked him the question along the lines of, is he basically the spokesperson for men that are considered to be in sales? And I had to do a little research on Jordan Peterson because he's just an advocate for men wanting to get and do better. That's it. Just a man that wants to see other men do better. And you can't, I don't know how that's an evil person. Because to do better means that this is a, a person that's being productive. Why do I believe he became emotional? Well, a few reasons, a few reasons. I believe he became emotional because one, he's a man and he sees a lot of himself and other men. He understands what men are going through. If you're a clinical psychologist and you're a professor, a professor, you got an opportunity to speak to a lot of your students and a lot of men that you talk to and you understand the issues that those men are going through. So you start to then relate because you're on a different level and they're struggling to get to kind of where you are, but they just don't know how to do it. And I noticed that about the world myself. I noticed that there are just some men who are not where I'm at mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and they just don't know how to connect it. They see that they got the plug and I just, man, I don't know how to do it. And you go well if you just if you just scoot this scoot this desk over a little bit more you'll be able to put it in there and then oh it's almost like riding a bike when you look at riding a bike you go oh man it looks kind of looks kind of tough but the moment that you get it the moment that you realize oh this is the balance that they were telling me about this is the speed they were telling me to go once you get it and once it clicks for you the world is wide open so when you say to me that men are incels I go well first of all I think the word is insulting but I understand where people are coming from and then They group a bunch of men together and call them incels and they go, well, listen, man. I don't think that that person's an incel. They just don't know how to openly express themselves without being judged. Or there are just some men who feel uncomfortable talking to women. There are some women who feel uncomfortable talking to men. It just it's just looked upon as just like, 'Ah, I just don't know how to do it. Where does it come from? It, it, I'm going to always say this. It always stems from childhood. Always. Everything that we do stems from childhood. You, you didn't just jump up into being an adult. A lot of this stuff happens from childhood. And it's very important for you to be as sociable as possible. To play well with others, if possible. And as you're growing up, to keep that same concept. But as we grow up as as young men, there is a point or two that in a young man's life, when he sees a girl, there's a little tingly feeling that happens on the inside. You get the little googly eyes and you don't know how to approach a woman and you think to yourself, oh, well, I don't really know what to say, you know? I'm really not for sure what I want to say. Oh, Dr. Evil Genius is in the building. Salute, sir. Uh, He says here the term incel, involuntary celibate, was coined by women to describe themselves. Funny how society is set up to tear men down emotionally. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. This is what this stream was about, tearing men down emotionally, tricking men. Uh, If you're just coming in on it. I'll just give a slight recap. We're just about 35 minutes in. Uh, We're talking about Dr. Umar Johnson. The person in the middle here is Hope Giselle, which is a trans uh, transgender used to be a man. But she decided or he she he they decided to shame Dr. Umar Johnson for giving a compliment when he did not know that that person was a former man. We're going to talk about Jordan Peterson and basically Uh, why he got emotional and why does he care for men so much and andrew tate the infamous andrew tate um, how andrew tate thinks that uh basically the freedom of speech isn't so free i think he's starting to realize that and it's something i want to point out about andrew tate later on in the stream that you guys are going to find very interesting and we'll get to it but let's get to jordan peterson now dr evil genius here he said something very fantastic it was coined by women and the thing that trips me out about women, and I, I want to go back to this right here. I'm going to sh- show this because I just I just finished the audio book of um, Say Hello to Me. I got three, two, four, six, about six audio books coming out. I know a lot of people don't want to take the time to read and that's OK. So we're going to put out the audio book, going to have it in the male version, the female version. So say hello to me. When I first wrote the book. It came off the heels of me not giving women compliments. Just I just refused to do it. Why do I why did I refuse to do it? I refused to do it because when I was in therapy and I had to do a uh, it wasn't a couples therapy, like it wasn't a person I was with. It was a a, a session, a couple session where you had to sit down with other people in the group and talk to them about, you know, whatever you want to talk, excuse me, whatever you want to talk about. And in that, I was sitting down with this young lady. And she had got sexually assaulted. So she decided to take that time to put me as the person who did it to her. Now, it was very uncomfortable because she was crying. I had the slightest clue on on how to react. I even told the, uh, the teacher, if you will. Hey, um, you know, so and so did this session with me and she kind of she kind of like. Uh, she kind of ruined me emotionally, so I can't function because she went into she went into detail. So her problem was a guy gave her a compliment. And after the compliment, he sexually assaulted her. And from that moment, I then realized that there are just some women that go through things that you can't see off the surface. So it's best that I keep my thoughts and my opinions to myself. Hence the title say hello to me because I work through my issues. There's no need to blame anybody else. There's no more keep on going back to your trauma because I'm that type of person. Once you talk about your trauma and get it all out the way, there's no more going back. You're supposed to work it out and move on. Right. So we came out with say hello to me. And as I look at these individuals, I realize that I'm in the world with these people. Uh, I'm I'm more than sure they bought some of my products, or they will buy some of my products at some point. And whatever sexual preference you have, or whatever your thoughts or opinions or stereotypes about men and women, it's more so like you have to keep that stuff to yourself, because you'll find yourself tricking yourself out of money. You're you're gonna trick yourself out of your livelihood because you believe in something so much that you just got to get it out. And when you try to get it out on somebody else's platform, that's not how it works. I know you guys think that, well, it's supposed to be freedom of speech and we're supposed to say whatever we thought. Okay, I I understand that. However, that's not what's in the terms and conditions when you sign up for these platforms. This is why people get banned. This is why this is why they can kick you off and say, well, listen, if you don't like it, go build your own. Go do your own thing if you don't like it. You want to cry about it? Go do your own thing. Go be your own person. They did it. You go do it. So we're going to come out with the audio book and say hello to me. It's very, I kid you not, it's very great. It's a 45 minute um, audio, 45 minute read, if you will. And I promise you, I can assure you. And I know a lot of people say, well, there's no guarantees. I can guarantee you that that book will change your life. Changed mind, made me successful, if you will. Because I started keeping things to myself that didn't need to be voiced. However, I'm doing this stream and I'm just pointing out how the LGBTQ community is shaming men for not knowing that they're transgender or whatever their preference is. That's wrong. Jordan Peterson is being pointed out as an evil bandit because he's trying to help men become better and slay the dragon, if you will. What's the dragon? The dragon is the stereotype against men. The dragon is going out here in the world and seeing a woman that you like, but not knowing how to approach her because she thinks that you're some type of predator. And that's the thing that trips me out about men and women or even relationships. We act as though we don't understand the underlining of why we're really talking to each other. Now, it doesn't have to be on the surface of like, hey, I want to have sex with you, but that is a part of the deal. I mean, I've heard of sexless marriages or sexless relationships, but if you're a person who's trying to have a family, it's going to be some sex involved, or at least I would think it should be. So maybe that's for another stream too, because I'm noticing there are a lot of women who are getting inject it and not having a man that's a thing you know which is yeah we'll talk about that on another stream because i'm I'm interested in that one too so but i'm only talking about things that i'm interested in because again like i mentioned earlier i i have a new a new product line coming out it's going to be in a beauty world we got some face masks coming out and one thing i started thinking about was when we were doing our survey our marketing survey was well well there are a slew of people who use face masks and I need to market it to people who are in the beauty world, who are trying to make themselves look better. And in that, we saw this big study, this graph of a lot of people who are in the LGBTQ community that, uh, that buy beauty products. So I go, okay, this is different. I would think, you know, it's just a straight sale, just, Hey, just sell it. However, that's not how it works. There's a is a is a uh, a tactic to it. You you have to say certain words and certain colors to to kind of persuade people to buy your product. But again, we'll get back to the point. But that's why I'm doing this. So again, Jordan Peterson, uh, clinical psychologist, and uh, I think I want to say he's a former professor. He got a little emotional on the Pierce Morgan show. Uh, uh, Pierce Morgan had asked Jordan Peterson about. Uh, Olivia Wilde making a movie about him, and is he the uh, basically the spokesperson for uh, the incels? And we're going to play a little bit of it here. I already played my fair use, and we're going to see what he says here.
2: Narcissistic compassion. Now, AI's—you know—it's a threat too. But if we if we were if we had our act together ethically. It's possible that AI could become uh, a useful servant rather than a tyrannical master. You don't want to automate your tyrannical masters. And that's the danger, that's one of the dangers of AI.
3: I've got to wrap uh, it up. I don't want to, but I have to. Uh, What I want to ask you just quickly, uh, the film director, Olivia Wilde, has a new movie out, which she says is based on you, this insane man, this pseudo-intellectual hero to the incel community, incel being these weirdo loner men. Uh, who are uh, despicable in many ways. Is that you? Are you the intellectual hero to these people?
2: Sure. Why not? You know?
0: Now, when he said that, when he said, sure, why not? I took it as him being sarcastic, right? Listen, if you've ever listened, (laughs) if you've ever listened to a lecture of Jordan Peterson talking just coming away from his lecture will change your life right so when 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 he says sure why not i took it on both sides of him saying okay well i'll step up for it sure why not but i also took it as him being sarcastic but then i took a a deeper dive into it and i say you know what here's his opportunity to tell men like hey man i'm just like you right i just figured some things out for myself but let's continue
2: Um, people have been after me for a long time, by because I've been speaking to disaffected young men. You now, what a terrible thing to do that is! I thought the marginalized were supposed to have a voice. It's making you emotional to talk about it. Well, God, you know, it's very difficult to understand how demoralized people are. And certainly many young men are in that category. And you get these casual insults, these, these incels. What do they mean? It's like, well, these men, they're, they don't know how to make themselves attractive to women who are very picky and good for them. Women, like, be picky. That's That's your gift, man. Demand high standards from your men. Fair enough. But all these men who are alienated, it's like, they're lonesome and, and, and they don't know what to do and everyone piles abuse on them. Mm-hmm. When she said that, Olivia Wilde, it, it stung
3: you, didn't it? That's all the Oh, reaction. by
2: that time, you know, that, as far as, as criti- critiques go, that was kind of low level. I mean, once I got painted as Red Skull, you know, magical super Nazi, that was kind of the end of the insults. There's no place past that. so. But when Olivia Wilde made those comments, the first thing I did was go look at the preview for a movie, which I quite liked. I thought I would go see that movie probably.
0: Okay, so a lot to unpack there. A lot to unpack. First of all, let me say this to you. Let me be very clear. I'm every bit of a man's man. I told you guys earlier in the stream, my definition of a man, my definition of a man is to manage Everything that's around us, manage our emotions, manage our money, manage our family, manage our relationships, manage our health. Manage everything that's about you and the people who are around you, man and age manage. When I first saw this video in its entirety, uninterrupted, and it came down to this point, I understand why Jordan Peterson became emotional. I believe that it's absolutely positively okay for men to cry however if you keep on crying that's the thing you probably need to figure out is why do I keep on getting emotional it's fine to be emotional what I teach men and have taught men in my consulting classes is you don't have to stay there like for example if someone passes away in your family absolutely cry let your heart out but you can't keep yourself there you you cannot keep yourself there. You have to you have to progress and move forward. I have two nephews. I'm the oldest of nine children. I have five brothers. I'm the oldest. But my brothers, they're all grown now. They some of them have their own family. But the the two young ones that I see now are my two nephews. Well, actually, I got three nephews. One of my brothers had a baby. Sorry, four. So many. Four nephews. But my sisters sons they're very impressionable very tender hearted so in that as an uncle you're teaching them to be strong but you also have to understand that you cannot make children mute their emotions you cannot you let them feel it you let them cry about it you explain to them Hey, you fell, you fell off your bike, you bumped your knee, you're bleeding. Feel the pain, feel it. That pain's not going to go away until it's time for it to heal. But you can't not get back on the bike. You cannot not move forward. It's a perfect example. I don't know if many of you can notice this, but, and I don't really point it out as much, but I have a scar on my lip and I had a scar on my chin, but it's gone. But I had a scar across my chest like a lion. It's like a lion had scratched the heck out of me. What happened was I was riding my dirt bike that my dad bought me. And I didn't know how to downshift correctly. And when I was downshifting or trying to downshift, the bike locked up and it threw me off. Went over the handlebars, had an open face mask. I've never in my life felt the concrete. The way I felt it that day, 16 years old, hit the concrete. I had to been going about 50 miles an hour. Hit the concrete face first. Shirt got ripped up. Concrete just tore me all up. I get up and instantly you can feel the burning sensation. And I'm looking around like, oh, man, where's my dad? Right. Because he wasn't that far, but I didn't see him. And I didn't feel any blood yet, but I'm like all hypered up, hydrillion and kicking in. I see my bike. I'm in this neighborhood. I'm like, man, I can't even. I went to go pick up the bike, tried to push it forward. It was locked up, dropped the bike, ran to my dad because I started seeing blood fall, running to my dad, get to my dad. I'm bleeding, chest open. First thing he's thinking about, did you get into a fight? I'm like, no, I, I didn't get into a fight. I fell off the dirt bike. He's like, where'd the dirt bike at? Okay, no one's at. He said, Are you okay? Yeah. Goes to his back of his truck, tells me to put on some alcohol, uh, clean myself up real bad because I had dirt all over my face, dusty. And as the pain starts to kick in, I get emotional. start crying. Why am I crying? Shit, it hurts. It hurts. I'm looking in the mirror, I see blood. That makes it worse when you look at it and go, oh crap. Face is messed up, chest is messed up. So as I'm crying, my dad's looking at me like, oh, you're gonna be okay. And then mind you, this is my father, man. I'm 16 years old. My dad is every bit like up in his 40s or something like that. My dad didn't tell me to stop crying. He said, You're gonna be okay. It's all right. It's all right. We're gonna, we're gonna go get the bike. We're gonna clean you up. And uh, you just you're not gonna have to work for a couple of days. You got you gotta heal up. Now, in that time, I I was a summer kid. I used to go see my dad during the summer. They had shared custody of what they would consider to be shared custody. And my dad was more so like, oh my gosh, the boarding fell off his bike. Now I'm never going to get a chance to see my son again. That's what he was thinking. We had this conversation. So, I go, we go get the bike, clean myself up. My stepmom she was like, oh gosh, what happened? Right? She's trying to baby me. My dad, don't baby him. He's fine. And the reason he said don't baby me was because when I was in the truck with my dad, he was explaining to me that when you fall, I need you to get back up. He said, this is his words that he said to me and I'll never forget it. He said to me, when you heal up, I need you to get back on that dirt bike because he knew he knew I was he knew I wasn't going to get back on it. He knew I was I was scared of it, fearful of it because it threw me off. It messed me up. I was really jacked up. I was really jacked up. I didn't heal up until like three days later. Tender, just man, everything was tender, had a big gash on my lip. Didn't even know if it was going to really heal up right. But anyway, my whole point to the story is it's okay to cry, It's okay to feel emotional. But staying there all the time, that's not not where you want to be because you'll never get out of that slump. So rightfully so, three days later, I get back on the bike. My dad teaches me the proper way to downshift. And he says, listen, don't go past this gear because when you go past this gear, it's a certain speed. Just get to know the bike, learn the ins and out of it, but don't not get back on it again. So I got back on the bike. He took me to an area where there was uh, no concrete. We went to um, some property that one of his friends had and I rode the bike out there and had a good time. But, you know, I say all this to say that's the same lesson I have to teach my nephews. uh, Same lesson I end up teaching uh, my brothers at the time when I was a little younger is to it's okay to cry. It's okay to feel emotional. Don't let nobody take you from those emotions. As a matter of fact, if you're not in tuned into your emotions, you're probably going to find yourself lacking in life. You're going to be a step behind. One of the best feelings to have is to be happy. I told this to my daughter the other day. I say, Anaya, I say a lot of people don't get an opportunity to know what their purpose is. I say our purpose in life is to feel good about who we are. Our purpose in life is to be happy. It's most important. So, you're going to feel sad. You're going to feel discouraged. going to feel upset. going to feel annoyed. I said, but you got to stay happy. You got to. Everything that I've done in my life from a worldly financial aspect is because I was happy. I never did it out of frustration. I, or I never stayed frustrated about it and was just disliking everything. And then it, it became something everything that I manifest for me came when I was happy about it because I did it for myself. I just happened to put it out there on a commercial aspect and then it it took off some more, but a lot of men and women, we get inside these uh, echo chambers, if you will, and we start disliking people and put them in stereotypes and judging people. And not knowing that everyone is just trying to make something for themselves. Now, I have strong appreciation for people doing it the right way and not hurting anyone. I can respect that. But the people who are doing things illegally and hurting people, it's like, dude, you know, you don't have to do it that way. You know, if you actually just turn it around and put some paperwork behind it, your life would probably be better. The way you don't have to always look over your shoulder, find out who's coming to get you. But. A lot of people like the fast money. There we go. A lot of people like that fast money and they like those risk. But I understand why Jordan Peterson was crying. I just suggest that you guys don't stay there again. It's nothing wrong with it. It's nothing wrong with it. I've cried. Uh, have I cried in front of my wife? Um, I, I, I think I cried in front of my wife uh, one time when I had got real sick. In the year 2018, I didn't think I was going to make it. And I was just talking to her and just, just the emotion of what I went through. I couldn't help it, man. I couldn't help but cry. I mean, my face, my face was damaged, man. I had basically like second degree burns on my face and she was like, hey, let's go outside. So, you know, the doctor said you need to go outside and get some sun, you know, some sunshine on your face and stuff like that. And uh, when I went outside, I just felt like the whole world was judging me and there was nobody around There was no where we stayed at there was not a There was nobody around but it was in my head and i just just broke down crying and she was looking around it's a funny story she was looking around like what's going on why are you crying and uh believe it or not i said man i feel like everybody looking at me she was like what are you talking about she's like nobody here but me and you you know um the baby was uh with the babysitter and and again i was in my head i was in my head i was in my head so much but ever since then i got out of my head man <laughs> i got out of my head and a lot of what a lot of what we go through in this life it's up here man it's up here you got to you got to take care of this you got to manage this you have to manage it you want to know what being a man is is protecting yourself protecting this up here protecting your brain protecting your emotions that's being the man that's being a man so that's what we have on jordan peterson right that's what we have on jordan peterson not, not too much to say there i just i just wanted to talk about that because i felt like jordan peterson he had every right to to cry about what he wanted to cry about um, and I want to say thank you to Jordan Peterson. I hope I get a chance to interview you one day. You came out with quite a few books that I'm very aware of. And I hope I get a chance to interview you. I'll send this to his team. So moving on to Andrew Tate. Moving on to Andrew Tate. We're coming up on our one hour mark. So we're going to give this about like a good 15 minutes. You know, I only have like an hour, hour, 15 minutes for you guys. Again, I got to manage my time. Right. I got to be a man about mine. I have a family. I got things. I got I got people to take care of. And stuff like that. So we're going to you know, do this appropriately. And then we're going to chop this up into one, three different segments, too. So I need to make sure I don't go over my time too much so I don't spend too much time editing. So while this is coming up, if anybody has any uh, questions about anything, uh, let me know. I was going to do an open panel. If you want to come up, you have to be somebody that I know. I'm sorry. And matter of fact, you know what? I'll I'll let you come up, but if you cam up, if you cam up, I'm gonna drop you. Yep. It sounds crazy, right? If I see you cam up, I'm gonna drop you. You know, I got my safeguards up. I'll put the link in the in the in the in the chat here. But there's something I want to say about Andrew Tate. Something I want to say about Andrew Tate now. Here's where this is a little conspiracy theory. Just a little bit.
3: On, Piers Morgan on censor One of the most infamous men in the world. Andrew Tate's
0: this. misogynistic Hold tirade. On, be- Hold on, we'll get to you. Now, Andrew Tate, hey, I want you to look very clearly. I'm going to put the link in the chat. Again, here's the disclaimer for you and this this platform. I have my safeguards. If you turn on your camera. I will drop you immediately. I don't want to see you. I just want to hear from you. I know. I think that's a better option. If you cam up on my platform, I'm going to drop you. There's no need for me to see you. I only want to hear from you. So if you want to come up, come up. If you don't, stay where you are. But let me point this out. Andrew Tate, who has become, um, I guess infamous for his points of views. I didn't realize that this is the same Andrew Tate that I seen on Big Brother. Cuz see I was I was curious. Um I heard some people mention how rich he is. And I'm always fascinated about rich people too how they get their money. And I was like, wait a minute. Hold up. Something not making any sense. You know, why do people say certain people are rich? How do the people know their net worth? Like to me, where's my phone? Here. To me, if, well, I'm gonna do this. Um, I'm not gonna do it right now, but I'll do it one day. To me, if you want to show me how rich you are, it's like you log into your bank account, and you go, okay, boom, here it is. Right. I guess I think I'm gonna show you guys one day, so everybody can say So I guess I can show people what what rich is but <clears throat> when I found out that he was on Big brother I was like oh this makes sense he's been in he's been in television before then I found out that he was uh he's a, a prominent kickboxer okay that makes more sense then I found out that he has a casino or two I said okay that makes sense so I see why people say this but when people come up with like, a exact dollar amount. I'm like, fam, how do you know that? But a lot of times what I know, since I do business with banks, a lot of times what I know is some of these men and women, they'll start these companies and they'll get like these massive loans. And technically speaking, yeah, it's your money, but it's the bank's money that you have to pay back with interest. So I, I'm from the cloth of if it's better for me not to borrow money from banks, because to me, it's not my money. They just gave me it to make my own money to then pay them back. And then once I pay them back, now I start, you know, I take off the training wheels and I do it by myself. But when you go to get like PPP loans and SBA loans and stuff like that, it's like, dude, it's it's not even your money. I, I actually got my stuff out the mud. Like I actually like created it myself, you know, put a patent on it. And it's like I actually invented it and sold it off to somebody and got a license for it. And it's like, oh, you just went to go private label it? It's like, fam, that's not, but that's me. That's that's how I am. What I want to point out about Andrew Tate is this. Very clear in this video right here. Look at this. This is very obvious to me. And here's where my conspiracy theory comes in. It's not going to make sense to you guys, but I'm going to point this out. Right now, when Andrew Tate is sitting at the table us do this i've i've noticed this in all of his pictures not all of them but a, a great vast majority andrew tate is holding up the illuminati sign he does it so much that i said dude is he a part of the illuminati but then i start thinking well maybe he maybe he's not because what he's going through, but he's getting banned. But is he really banned, though? He's banned from being on the platforms, but he's not banned from talking to people on on their platform to be back on the platform, if that makes sense. So he's banned from having accounts, but he's not banned from being interviewed on different platforms that, that banned. But I've noticed that Andrew Tate, he holds up the Illuminati sign a lot. Now, I had, let me see if I can do this. Um, I had some images pulled up, but it was on my cell phone. Let's do this. Andrew Tate. I went to Andrew Tate Images. And I was like, listen, I don't care what you do. But me doing research on learning what type of world I'm in okay the people who around me what people believe in secret societies why do i know about secret societies is because i was going to be in a fraternity i was going to be um i was going to be well i'll put it to you like this i was going to be a sigma which is why i believe in sigmas or the sigma theory of men because i stand alone on a lot of stuff um and i'm gonna do a segment i'm gonna do a stream on that too and kind of point out some things to show people like it's not about being alpha, beta, but if you're going to put people in categories, I'm like, well, I'll take the sigma category right here. Look at this. Look at this image right here. Hopefully it comes. Hopefully you guys can see this. Now, this is just my my conspiracy theory with Andrew Tate. Can is it showing it? OK, he's he's holding it up again, but it's not it's not a clear picture. OK, he's doing it here with the car. That That is clear Illuminati uh, hand gestures, by the way, if you don't know. And he's doing it here with his shirt off and uh, I don't know, like he's in a gun cage or something like that. He's doing it there. And there was another picture that he was in a group. I think he was in a um, picture like Fresh and Fit and somebody else. And that's when I noticed. I say, you know what? I'm noticing he's doing this all the time. Uh, Oh, here's a this is one of the first ones that I saw. This picture right here. Let me bring it up. So wait, can you Mister? Where is that? Okay, so let me give you a little history. Let me give you a little history. Back in the day, I used to have these conversations with my uncle. And don't tell anybody, but I guess a lot of people are going to see this. Let's, okay, let's do this. Let's do this. This is going to be an intro. I put myself up on a big screen. Okay. Let me explain something to you guys. And I've never said this before, but I'm going to say it to you guys today. I can, uh, can I censor it just right? I mean by censor it is not to, to use any curse words. Okay, so uh, about 16 years ago, yeah, about 16, one of my family members was with this, and she stayed out in Harrison, Arkansas. Harrison, Arkansas is probably like the home to the KKK. And in that, the young lady that my family member was talking to, she asked, hey, can you come help me clean out this place? We're going to put the house up for sale. Well, my family member found the KKK, okay, kept it to himself, He read it, Um, I believe he still has it, but... In that handbook, he found out the different hand gestures. The hand gesture that I was just telling you guys about from Andrew Tate is one of the hand gestures that symbolize not only the Illuminati, but being in the group of being protected by the order of whatever order the KKK is under. Right. I don't know what the order is. It's some type of order that they're under. So let me show you this picture because it finally came up. This symbolism that Andrew Tate is displaying right now. Brother, that's clear Illuminati. Now, I don't know why he wants to be a part of it, but I did hear that people who get initiated, they do become extremely powerful. They do become wealthy. Mind you, I don't know how long he's been rich. But my thing is, why are they going through the process of banning him? Right. If he's a part of Illuminati, spreading whatever message he's spreading, then spread the message. Right. But if you notice, there's a clear indication that some of these people, when I say some of these people, I'm talking about the celebrity elitists, They end up going through what you call a an exposing moment, an embarrassing moment. Everyone has them. Everyone has them, whether it's a, uh, a homosexual rumor, uh, whether they, they, they dislike a group of people or they're spewing out hateful rhetoric and everything like that. But with Andrew Tate, the thing that surprised me the most was, well, wait a minute now, what is it that he's saying that's making him get so much blowback, right? What's what's up with that? And I still haven't put my finger on it, but I started noticing some of his pictures and I thought his interview with Pierce Morgan was an attempt for him to clear his name, but he didn't, he, well, Pierce Morgan, first of all, Pierce Morgan did a terrible job interviewing Andrew Tate. I'm pretty sure he knew he didn't want Andrew Tate to just keep on going on and just talk, but it was a terrible attempt for Pierce Morgan to try to get to know Andrew Tate because he kept on basically putting words in his mouth. So Pierce Morgan, I want my one hour and 15 minutes back. Uh, trust me, I'm going to figure out how to get it back from you because I'm going to monetize this and I'm going to get my money back. I'm going to get some of my time back because you did a terrible job interviewing Andrew Tate. And if I get a chance to get interviewed by you, I'm going to tell you that you did a terrible job because you kept on putting words in this man's mouth. I, he understood exactly where it was coming from but you know sometimes man you gotta let people let people rock out and you know it's a terrible expression well let people have the, their own selves hang themselves out to dry basically so just let him talk himself into a corner but you kept on putting him in corners that he wasn't even being a part of like that whole thing where he was talking about Alex Jones Alex Jones and uh, Sandy Hook it's like dude I have no control about what somebody what they believe in. And if I was on their platform, it's like, okay, I was on their platform, but I didn't, you know, I didn't know he was doing that. You're not gonna do all your research on everybody. You're gonna do some, but you're not gonna do all of it. Anyway, you can fast forward through any part of this interview. And, and Andrew Tate is uh he's entertaining. He's entertaining. He's entertaining me. However, I also think he's. I think he's getting himself involved into a group of people, um, that do not care about his well-being. You know, if you're up on what the Illuminati does, and some of the information from that KKK handbook, it makes no sense, man
3: hard target, but I am very, very protective of the people I care about. Right. But you believe in the concept of marriage. Completely.
0: You know what I was surprised about in that interview with Andrew Tate? Um, was the uh,
1: So Black Lives Matter release
0: was the um, the notion of him kind of implying that he's secretly married. Man, if he's married, I don't know what the other men would think because to me he comes off as a, uh, a hot shot playboy that can have any woman that he wants whenever he chooses to and of course he doesn't live in fear you know and why would he he's a he's a champion he's a kickbox champion you know and, and why would you want to live in fear anyway? but I thought that the marriage thing I was like why would he even bring that up but I think Andrew Tate talks a little bit too I think his mouth moves faster than his brain thinks sometime but let's just play like a couple minutes of this and then i'm gonna get up out of here one
1: second about the whole
0: time what do you think we talked about a
3: man giving a woman away i believe in marriage more than anybody in fact i believe in marriage and no please (laughs) i believe in marriage in the traditional sense i believe a man has a duty to stand up and be a real man i believe that the problem with the world today that we are facing is that not enough men are sticking to the age-old ways of masculinity. Mm -hmm. I believe that me standing up and saying a man must protect a woman and provide for her, so he needs to make sure that she's safe, he needs a degree of authority to protect her. I have no problem with... No, but but people do have a problem with it. And that's the the world we're in now. I'm over here. Sure. I have a problem with what you just said. Here's where my problem comes, right? There are a lot of clips of you floating around on the internet, as you know. One of them has you saying, bang out the machete, boom in her face, grip her by the neck, shut up, bitch. In another, you say slap, slap, grab, choke, shut up, bitch, sex. When people see those clips and hear you say those them. things, agree. Well, I-
0: so I'm a remote expert in body language, right? Uh, if you read the book, say hello to me. You'll understand where I'm coming from when I talk about body language and uh, body behavior. When Pierce Morgan read that that comment um, that Andrew Tate had said, they zoomed in on his eyes. Where they panned in on his eyes, and he didn't flinch. And I can say that I respect a lot when men stand on their square about what they're saying. Andrew Tate is a man who stands on his square, right? I just think he found himself in a situation where he didn't think that what he was saying was going to be taken so wildly out of context. Now, some of the stuff is kind of like preposterous or what I would just call, I guess what they consider tongue in cheek. I just think that these guys... Are entertaining, especially Andrew Tate. But that particular part where Pierce Morgan was reading it, um, I never had I never heard that particular video or that clip. But listening to what Pierce Morgan said, and I'm looking at Andrew Tate's uh eye contact, it's like no buzz. It's like, dude, here you go trying to pin me to the wall and no, like this is what I this is what I mean, this is what I'm saying. I don't think that you know what? And, and another thing too. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Morgan. Before you start talking, because again, you did a terrible job. What what's up with why are women shaming men for their sexual appetite? Why is that? What's up with that? What's what's the what's the what's the shaming tactic on? A man's preference, what he prefers. What's the shaming tactic in a man wanting to be sexually involved and wanting to be sexually active with you as much as he possibly can? Break break that down for me. Explain to me why is it that I'm not supposed to have a sexual need to want to be with you or to do it as many times as possible before, I don't know, maybe before things go left or before your monthly comes. Like, What's the deal with that? Now, I have talked to some women about that. And the answer that I got is sometimes they're just not in the mood. Sometimes women say, well, we just we just want to be held. We just want to be cuddled. And I get that. That's why I came up with that definition of a man is to manage all these different emotions, because, you know, believe it or not, there are some days that you're not going to have sex you're just not. You're either too far away and you've been going all day or you're working or somebody's asleep, somebody doesn't feel good. And there was a point in my younger life, in my 20s, oh, man, you guys got to hear the audio book to Four Seasons. When I released that audio, you can go purchase the book now, but Four Seasons, I was at it almost like every day. But then when you get into a committed relationship and you have a family, it's the time, the priority of time. The concept of time changes it. It changes. Well, okay. Well, like like, perfect example. Let me see if you guys can see this. Hopefully, you got, I'm going to show you my calendar. Everything that you see in my calendar, that's like a, a yellow line. Watch this. Let me see if you guys can see that. Uh, bring it over here. See all those yellow lines? Let's do it. Let's me like those are those are days that I'm just I'm swamped. I'm swamped, right? I'm swamped. And being in my 20s, it was it was kind of the same thing. I've like I always kind of used the calendar, but it was different, it wasn't like. It wasn't like take my daughter to Taekwondo class, uh, pick my wife up from the airport and, you know, oh, I got to pick up my family member. Or I got to go move somebody. It was like it was just me. Now it's like everybody else. And I got to manage me. You know, Dr. Evil Genius, what would you say here? Let's bring you up on a big screen. <laughs> It's mainly about leverage. Most women offer little value beyond sex. They need to keep the price high and men's expectations low to stay relevant. I agree. I agree. I absolutely agree. I didn't really have much on Andrew Tate. I kind of wanted to put out his hand gestures. I thought this interview, it was okay to listen to. I just thought Pierce Morgan did a bad job of really kind of like highlighting who Andrew Tate is is to the world um i'm curious as to what's next for andrew tate um if and this is where i'm gonna be careful when i say this but i mean this about everybody i wish everyone well and if he's not doing anything to hurt people you know i hope he progresses in life because one thing i do understand that if everybody in the world is progressive or productive if you will then we're going to be living in a better society and that's where I come from with this whole thing. You know, going back to talking about Hope Giselle and her despicable comments about Umar, Dr. Umar Johnson, uh saying how Dr. Umar Johnson basically was sexually attracted to her because he or he showed um intelligence. The things that she said about him were just again, it was disgusting, it was despicable. Uh the fact that Jordan Peterson. Let's just keep it right here. The fact that Jordan Peterson um, has a heart to care for men. That's great. He wants to see men and women do well. Um, where do they get the point where he's against uh, women and all this other type of stuff? I don't know where they get it from. As a matter of fact, the first time I heard about, let's go ahead and close these windows out. The first time I heard about Jordan Peterson was um, he was at a debate with, uh, what's the guy name? Oh, man, I should know his name uh black author poet um cuz it was the whoever put the video up it was like clickbait um i got to find his name or it won't go right and i watched that whole uh what's his name i got to find it it's going to bother me now cuz he called jordan peterson a racist and i was like what brother i didn't hear that man say anything racist toward anybody hey what's that dude's name he did the book he did the book on tupac um anybody know it tupac uh what's his name because i wanted to interview him until i saw that until i saw that debate and i was like oh you you, you're fishing buddy all right, let's see. I gotta find it. Uh, ba, 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 ba. What's his name? Jordan Peterson. Um, called the races. Let me see. We gotta find it. All right. I'm trying to think of that guy's name, though. And I shouldn't know it. It should be off the top of my head here. Michael Eric Dyson. Yes. Yeah. Michael Eric Dyson. That's when I first heard about um, Jordan Peterson. Michael. Yeah. Jordan Peterson versus Michael Eric Dyson. And whoever put that video up, it was clickbait. Because Michael Eric Dyson was way off the base in talking about Jordan Peterson being racist. Brother, a- a- unless I'm missing something, I never picked up that this dude uh, dislikes or hate other races at all. What I heard from him was, basically, you want to get your day going, you want to be successful, how about you clean up your room? How about you start there? Clean up, clean up your room, and, and ultimately cleaning up your mind, then, then let's think about what happens outside your house. But being a racist? I mean, come on, man. You know, you guys throw out that word. I don't think you guys understand what it really means. You know, I've experienced, you know, racism. You know, I've experienced... I've, exp- oh man, let me tell you something. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back to 16. I first encountered a white young girl. She was probably 16, 17, lying on me. And if it wasn't for the tapes, if it wasn't for the person behind me, I would have lost my job at 16. I would have lost my job. I would have been tricked out of my bag and I would have been stained for the rest of life if they didn't play back the cameras. So tricks are for you. Trick you. You're not going to get me. This is what happened. I was working at the dog track Palm Beach Kennel Club, 16 years old. I think I was like a freshman going into my sophomore year. My mom said, hey, you got to get you a job because I'm tired of buying you these Michael Jordan shoes. I'm tired of buying you clothes. You're old enough to get your own job. Uh, where do you want to work? I was like, what? She's like, yeah, hey, you got to go get you a job. Plus, I need you to help with some of these bills. Now, my stepdad, he didn't care because my stepdad was well off. But my mom, it's always the mothers, right? So my mom takes it upon herself to uh, find me a job. She goes, the, the Palm Beach Kennel Club is hiring. So go apply for the Palm Beach Kennel Club. I start two days later. Working at the Palm Beach Kennel Club like a month and a half. Um, we're walking the dogs out, and as we're walking the dogs out, this girl she trips over the dog's um hind legs. Now, mind you, I'm I'm behind, I'm behind her walking my dog out. We're called lead outs. She falls. She falls in the sand and being out there in that sand, those dogs, they poop. Um, this little tractor kind of just basically smooths the sand out. So it's just like just sand and poop and, and, and urine. She falls in the sand. I laugh because anytime you see somebody fall, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. So I laugh. The person behind me laughed, but she stopped. She kind of messed up the line. Now, the way I say that I'm glad that they played back the tape. If you ever went to a, um, a, a racetrack for like animals, a horse track, racetrack, whatever dog track, there's a camera that's showing the audience and the people who are inside the building is showing them the dogs. So they zoom in on the dogs, right? So it's like, what is it? Nine dogs. So they zoom in and there, there's an announcer saying the names. And since she tripped, the camera zooms in and we can see a big screen of us on the camera so they can see us laughing. They see her fall. Everything. The announcer uh, says something about her falling, but it was more so towards the dog. Like, oh, the lead out tripped over the dog, such and such like lucky seven tripped up the lead out or something like that. Right. So and we can hear all this stuff. Well, she we go put the dogs in. Put them in a the cage. We go to our spots on the track. Race is over with, like freaking two-minute race, maybe a minute race. Those dogs are so fast. We go back, she goes directly to the supervisor and says that Darshan tripped me. And they pulled me into the office. She's sitting over there, white girl. And eh, nothing against white people, but this is just my white experience, right? She had to be about 16, 17. Um, she remind me of the of the penguin and anybody can verify that if you see the pictures the supervisor asked me his name was Scott Scott asked me uh, hey did you trip her I go no nah. I was like I wasn't even close to her well she said that you tripped her and I was like well play play back the tape you know he's like well I'm gonna let you go home early I was like dude I, ain't, I didn't trip her though He's like, don't worry about it. Just, just go home early. So he like, he this is this is what made me thought I, I lost my job. He took my badge off and he clocked me out. And then he just threw my badge on, on the desk. So I'm like, uh, so I'm looking at the girl, I'm looking at her with a unit on my face, like, fam. My mom just told me to get this job. I've only been working here for a little bit, and I just got lied on. I'm like, yo, I'm about to well, sp- <laughs> I'm about to spaz, right? So I go, I leave. I had to call my mom because I wasn't driving yet. I don't think, oh, I didn't get my car just yet. That's why I was working there. So I call my mom, tell my mom, say, hey, um, I just got let go for the day. So she's like, what? I just dropped you off, right? So she pissed. She's like, uh, okay, what happened? I tell her the same thing I'm telling you guys. Say, uh, This girl said I tripped her. She's like, well, did you trip? Her? I was like, "Ma, come on!" I said, "What am I trip the girl for?" You know, we just we, we at work, we walking the dogs. I said she tripped over the dog's feet, and she was like, oh, "Okay, well, I'm coming back to pick you up. Come back, pick me up." And uh, I said, "Ma, well, what do I, what do I do?" She was like, "What do you mean?" They just, she's like, "Well, um," so I mean, what do, you, what do you mean? What do you do? She said, "You can go back to work tomorrow." So went home early, did my schoolwork, boom, boom, boom. Go back the next day, clock in, everything's good. The manager do, and this is why I know the guy's name, Scott, supervisor. He comes, comes talk to me before I get started. He says, hey, man, uh, I'm sorry. I looked at the tape and I was wrong for not taking your word for it. So I gave you, and he wasn't supposed to do this. I gave you um, the hours that you had missed because I had let you go home early. He said, I docked her pay. Like today. So he made her not show up the day I was there. And she didn't you know, she didn't have work. So he gave me my hours back, gave me my money back. Um, but I had to walk. I had to walk her dog. So I'm holding two dogs. Right. Which is I that's why I never forget this. So I'm holding two dogs and I had to put one dog in the cage. And there's a guy who pulls the lever to let the dogs out. So he had to he had to hold the other dog. He's not allowed to put dogs in the thing. Now, mind you, all of this is on camera. I was on camera like every night, for, like seven days a week. All this stuff is on camera, which is what I told the dude, like, yo, play, play, play back the camera. So anyway, long story short, uh, she comes in the next day and she then goes back to the supervisor and tell them that she's pregnant and that she may have lost a baby. So I'm like, well, this ain't got nothing to do with me because I've been cleared. Fam, I tell you, I kid you not. We go back out and walk in the dogs. Her boyfriend or her brother or whoever it was, they're yelling at me how they're going to kick my ass. So I'm like, what is going on? Now, mind you, Scott, he's at the back. He's at the back of this because now he has to watch me and his girl because we're like in line with each other. He's looking at the people talking to me saying like how they're going to beat me up. So I look back at Scott like, fam, this ain't got nothing to do with me. Now. This is a whole nother ball game." So Scott, he runs down. He runs down. This, this dude was so cool. He runs down to where those guys are. He gets on his phone. He calls security. And he kicks the guys out. He looks at the girl and he's like, when you get off, you, like come here, talk to me. So boom, we put the dogs in, go back. He brings me in the office, bring the girl in the office. And he was like, yo, tell me right now what's going on. Tell me right now what's going on between you two. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what's going on with this girl. I don't know what's happened. I said, I don't even know you like that. I just come to work. And when I come home, uh, from, go, get out of here. I just do my homework. I wake up, go to school and I'm back in here again. I say, I don't know this girl. I say, I don't even really know her name. Cause I wasn't, my mom told me when I go to work, she was like, don't worry about making friends. It's probably like one of the worst things you can do at work is try to make friends. Right? So I don't really know the girls now. I just know she was a new hire. They told me to show her a couple of things and that was it. But other than that, I ain't talked to her. Right? My mind wasn't focused on girls at 16. Anyway, I was like focused on sports. So anyway, he was like, well listen." um if I hear anything out of you two again, I'm just going to let both of y'all go. So he asked her in front of me, like, hey, are, like, you know, are you OK? Because you said you're pregnant. Like, are you pregnant for real? Or are you just saying that because you were embarrassed? So she finally tells the truth and says, oh, I just said that because I was embarrassed. So he kind of looked at her like, you know what? You're not going to last long. I'm going to end up firing you. So she probably lasted like three weeks. She got fired. Um, cause she did something stupid and, uh, they let her go, but that's my story of, of a woman lying on me in uh, in a long, short type of way. So I've experienced it I Wouldn't say that's necessarily like racism, but I've experienced, um, people or women lying on me and I'm like, yo, check the tapes, you know, check the tapes, you know, um, always put yourself in the, in the view of those cameras, man, check them tapes. Mm. we are at a minute 35. I do appreciate you guys for your time. Hopefully I provided some type of substance, maybe a little bit of entertainment here and there, a little conspiracy theory with my uh, fellow comrade, Andrew Tate. But again, I wish everybody well. I hope they're not doing anything uh, illegal to make me want to retract my words, but I know people are trying to make it trying to live their lives. I do want to say thank you guys. Um, Also, Another thing, too, we have um, we have the audio book of Say Hello to Me that's going to be coming out Um, and also Girlfriend versus Wife Duties and my book Four Seasons. So let's go ahead and um, stop the share screen. We're going to stop it there. We're going to go ahead and bring up these books so you guys can see them now. uh, Feel free. Feel free to go ahead and buy the book. Um, It's a short read, but it's a great read. I I kid you not. I, I won't I won't even sit here and try to say you guys smoke. It's a great read. Uh, Dr. Evil Genius says, let me read your comment before we get up out of here, before I close. Um, <clears throat> he says, uh, I've been lied on several times in the workplace. So important to work for yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of why I got up out of corporate. Um, anyway, I worked at a, <laughs> what was my last corporate job? Uh, I worked at a law firm. My wife had actually got me into a law firm. And I, that's when that's how I know about um uh foreclosures and, and mortgages. I was uh working at a law firm in Boca Raton and we did foreclosures and stuff like that. Uh most men have been oppressing women for what? Most men have been oppressing women for years. Who who said that? Oh, in the book, in the book. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, I can explain that. Um <laughs> it was like, what are you talking about? Now, so uh in that um what I was talking about was the, the oppressing like the vote. Um, okay. I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that. What I was talking about in the book this is why I put it on. That's why I sold so many copies. Cause people were like, what are, you, what are you talking about boy? So what was happening was when I was doing my research, the oppression that I was talking about was basically not letting women vote, not letting women kind of like uh, show off the goods. They're kind of like trying to keep women in the house type of deal. So, but when you read the book though, you'll see exactly where I'm coming from. I learned that tactic on the back of book blurbs from, uh, what's her name, Jacqueline, Jacqueline DeVille. There was a book called how to publicize your, how to publicize your book. Fantastic book. It was like the Bible for authors or the Bible for people trying to promote a business. That's how I found out how to uh, become a bestseller and how to do guerrilla marketing? You put things in books. This is—I'll I put it, it like this. This is before. Um, um, this was before clickbait. So you're talking about being clickbaity. This is me being bookbaity. You know. But when you read the book, though, you'll be like, "Oh, okay, I see what he's talking about." You know, it's kind of one of those things where you kind of give him a little synopsis of it, and you know, you entertain him a little bit, but you know, it's up to that person to go ahead and read it. But the audio book is uh, very, very good. Um, I get the tactic ingenious. genius. Yeah, we try to do what we can do, you know. But anyway, uh, girlfriend versus wife duties. Now, this book here, uh, it got me in some trouble. Uh, good trouble, though. It got me in some trouble because when you read the introduction, I started the book off with a joke. A uh, phenomenal joke and then I give the the resume of what most men are looking for in women and I tell you what so many women have stopped it right at the introduction would call me would email me and say uh uh-uh, uh I want my money back I say well listen hold on hold on hold on I say go ahead just I say I'll tell you what I'll give you your money back if you read the first chapter. I say just read the first chapter and if you don't like it I give you your money back. I've never given money back on girlfriend versus wife duties. Um, I've actually um, gotten testimonials of people who decided not to get married, people who decided to get married. And it's a good book. The audio version is even better. We have the audio version in the male and female voice. Um, I think the first book that I'm going to release, though, in the audio version these books are already out they're already out by the way I think they're like $1.99 but the first audiobook that I'm going to release is Four Seasons and the reason I want to release Four Seasons is because In Four Seasons is the start of why I was able to learn how to provide self-help information to men and women in that book, what happens is a lot, lot of uh, sexual escapades, if you will, sexual rendezvous with a certain group of or a certain caliber of women. And the things that I was going through and the things that I was talking about was crucial to what's happening with men today. What do they do? They take my book down. No, it's right here. So this book here, um, so thousands of copies. I'm trying to, I'm going to pull it up on the, let me see some. Um mm-hmm. This book sold thousands of copies. Uh, so did Girlfriend Versus Wife Duties and so did, uh, I guess I'm going to say thousands, but hundreds of thousands of copies. Um, this is why I'm able to talk about myself the way I do but four seasons is gonna be the the release of the first one. Um that's me on the cover. So don't don't take any offense to it. That was me. That was another tactic of me getting people to purchase the book. This is when this is what 2010. So I had my I had my spell through 2010 through 2012 is where I made a good gist of my a uh, good gist of my money though. Um let's do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up real quick. Show y'all the cover. Share the screen. Yeah, okay. So this book here, that's me on the cover. That was me back in 2010. If I can bring it up here. Does it come up? Okay. So, okay. So that right there. All right. So you guys got to understand. And I I was going to save this for a different stream. I'm going to give myself two minutes. I was going to save this for a different stream and and I'm still going to do it. I'm going to release audio snippets of Say Hello to Me, Girlfriend Versus Wife Duties, and Four Seasons. Four Seasons is based on an absolute true story. My wife knows about this book, um... She doesn't really care for it too much because it involves other women. But however, this book here would be the start of why I became who I am on a successful level and why I'm able to give relationship advice when it comes down to marriage and even just being a single man. This book here, I kid you not. I, I did not want to remember what I did, but man, when I heard it, I started talking like word for word. It's one of those books as to where you're hearing directly from the author in the exact way it happened. Maybe a little too much detail, but detail nonetheless. This book here is going to be worth your time. It's gonna it's a uh this book here is a 53 53 minute read. Um I guess if you 2x it, 4x it, whatever the case may be, um you'll probably be done within like 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Uh Dr. Evil Genius. Hey, and Dr. Evil Genius, thanks for coming through and supporting me too, bro. I really appreciate it. Uh he says uh if she knows and trusts you, why would she have issues with the context of the book? No, no, she she doesn't. Okay, she trusts me. That's not the problem. It's just this. Basically, this book is a, a erotica type of book. This is when uh, I wrote this book when having an erotica type of book was the thing to have. Like to really go in on your sexual escapades. And the fact remains that I give so much detail. It's almost like a, a a triple X, triple X movie or a triple X uh, uh, clip. So she, she, not, she just, how can I say this? What's the thing? Mm, she can, she doesn't like to. So before she married me, she, before we got committed, actually, before we got committed, she read this book and she had envisioned it. And that, that's what made her like me more actually made her like me a little bit more because she wanted me to do those things to her. So now that she is married to me and I'm kind of past that, cause this book came out in 2010. She really was like, ah, the book, the book is selling pretty good. Why you got to do the audio? Cause when you hear an audio book, it's just totally different. It's a totally different experience. Totally different experience, but an experience nonetheless. But anyway, so that's, that's four seasons. Um, we're going to release that audio book first. I'm gonna do a snippet. I'm gonna do a whole stream on, uh, those books. I'm going to probably play the, the male and female version of it, just like one minute clips of it. So you guys can hear it. Um, again, uh, say hello to me, uh, a bestseller to this day. I'm still eating off of this book. Absolutely. eating off of this book, girlfriend versus wife duties. Um, that's a great, that's a great read too. So the order is a, that's going to come out, it's going to be four seasons, the audio book of four seasons. Then it's going to go to girlfriend versus wife duties. And then I'm going to say, say hello to me. So I've been working on that audio, actually, uh, Lutch, uh, also known as the Indian Jesus. He said something to me where I was like, you know what, let me go ahead and come out with the audio book because, Maybe there are some other people who just really don't want to take the time to purchase the book to go through the pages, but they were they probably would learn it more if they heard it. So this is me showing and proving that what I'm saying, it can be done because you see me. And I promise you, four seasons, man, it's like a movie, man. Mm. Love that book, man. I want to thank everybody who supported me. And I appreciate that. So she's married to a literary porn star. Seems like a basis for pride on her end. <laughs> yeah, something like that, man. You know, I'ma do a stream on uh I'm gonna do a stream on some of the the adult entertainers that I I got a chance to um talk to. Um and actually and I I really do mean like talk to and got a chance to hang out with them. And some of the strippers. Um, I don't know. Maybe you guys are know them but we're going to do a streamer. Let me write that down. I got a couple of streams planned for you guys and we're going to schedule them too. So I'm going to talk about my triple X experience. Okay. And the audio books. And it was another one I wanted to do. Oh, the bank account. Bank account because i think a lot of people you guys google stuff but don't nobody show you nothing so i guess we'll do that it's not a big deal request me on discord um i'm not on discord but i'll, I'll look into it i i i did something on the indian jesus but i just i took it off but i'll see what's up man okay want to get you on, okay all right, I'll, I'll. So if you're doing your show on Discord and you want to get me on, I guess I'll look into it and, and find out. Um, here, do me a favor though. Uh, uh, do do this. Just do this. Email me the email me the link. If you don't mind, I'm gonna put the email up on the screen. Email me the invite, and we'll we'll make it happen. They're gonna email on the screen, and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, so, yeah, so that's that's it. That's the uh, that's this show in a nutshell, guys. I I do. Thank you guys for coming through. Really appreciate it. And we're going to go ahead and bounce up out of here. It's uh, 1230. I'm eating or drinking tomato juice. That's my meal for today. Well, at least until. Seven. Anyway, ma'am, thank you all for coming through. I appreciate it. We were talking about tricks are for you. Don't let people trick you out your life. Don't let people trick you out your money. Um, stay, stay prevalent in what you're doing. Don't go out here and hurt nobody. Be the best that you can be and keep on living your life the best way that you know how. It's your boy, Darshan. We're out of here. Peace.